You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. We're going to continue in this series. You know, sometimes I just, we're talking about plugging into grace with using, or not using, but with, with faith, how faith plugs into grace. And I just, this is one of those where I just keep getting more and more and more of the verses that, and this happens often, I don't know, it's just the way the Lord does it with me. I'll, I'll, I'll get a verse or two that I know the Lord wants us to focus on. I'll start to study that and, and he'll just start putting in, putting in, putting in. We haven't even gotten to the verses that I felt like, uh, you know, we were supposed to get to in this. And that's fine. I mean, it just seems to be the way it works with me. I oftentimes get the end before the beginning, and that's fine. But I want to quickly, again, we always have uh, different people here. So, again, quickly, I want to just go through and just mention some of the primary. This has been our foundation verse or verses, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, really. Uh, and, and they're just some foundational thoughts that we've worked on over the last four or five weeks. And again, if you haven't been here, you're new to this, you're watching for the first time online, you can go to our website, you can pick up the podcast and, and get the rest of these teachings. You can watch us on YouTube. But I really encourage you to catch up because we've laid so much foundation. So this morning, again, just read it one more time. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified, that's a past tense there, we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, through Jesus, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we've said everything that we ever received from God comes to us by grace, in other words, by unmerited favor. We can't earn it. It's impossible to earn right standing with God. It's impossible to merit his blessing. He doesn't bless us because we do so many good things. He blesses us because he is the blesser. He is the lover. It comes out of him. So everything we ever receive from God is given by grace and received by faith. Faith, we, we receive, this, this verse tells us, we stand in this condition of grace because faith receives what, what God has given to us. All right, so grace, we've said it has two parts, that word grace. It means unmerited favor. We, most of us know that, undeserved favor and blessing from God. And it speaks of a flow of a divine life that empowers or enables the believer to do what they could never do on their own and to be what they could never be on their own. Grace is the supply and faith is the connection to that supply. I was thinking about how when we go put gas in our cars, right? We drive up there, there's a pump there, there's a handle there. There is a huge invisible supply of gasoline underground there. We can't see it, but we'd very confidently take that handle off and, and, it, and we don't receive, our car will not get filled until we take that handle that was designed to release that invisible supply into our cars until we take that handle, we plug it in, we pull the 
handle, you know, and it begins to pump that what's coming out of an unseen place. It's the same thing with grace and faith. There is a supply of everything we could ever need that is held. You know, when we use the term salvation, most of us were brought up to think of salvation as, uh, okay, my sin's forgiven and I'm going to heaven at the end of my life. That's true. But the term salvation, both Old Testament and New, means much more than that. It means peace with God. It means a full supply. It means purpose in life. It means any need that we can think of spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, materially, whatever it might be is held within that idea of salvation. And that salvation comes to us by grace. It is a flow, a divine flow of his blessing and his favor. And, and it, is, it is something that is held. You know, again, we go back to the scripture. All the promises of God are yes from God's end. They are yes from God's end. They are not, the promises of God are not maybe. The promises of God are not sometimes. The promises of God to you as a believer are yes. And the scripture says, and amen. It means to that, well, how do we respond to all the promises of God being yes? It means our response is amen. That, that means so be it. Amen does not mean the end. You know, we get to the end of the prayer and we say amen. Doesn't mean the end. It means so be it. Come into being. Be released. That makes sense to you. And so grace is this supply from the invisible realm and faith is what plugs into it. It's, you know, we've used this example over and over. We can't, we've got this machine, this air conditioner, air cleaner, whatever it is, running over here. Here, this is a fan. I'm familiar with fans. That's a fan. And, and there's electricity that is coming from an unseen supply. We can't see it, but it's there. It is supplied. And when we take that cord that was designed to bring that electricity into use, that fan won't run until you plug it in. But when you plug it in, that electricity that we can't see begins to flow and cause that fan to do exactly what it was designed to do. It is the same way with grace and faith. So grace is the supply. Faith is the plug. Faith is, the, is something that comes from us and plugs in to that free gift of God. All right? We actually place a draw upon this flow of God's life and provision and we also can place a draw on the anointing and the gifts in one another through faith. Anytime, think about what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11. He said, have faith toward God. That toward God part's really important. Have faith toward God. And he went on to talk about moving mountains and whoever believes and doesn't doubt in his heart, he can say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea and it'll be done for him. All right. So the idea there is I can plug into that divine flow from the Lord. I can also plug in to a divine flow through you. The gifts that God has placed in you, those are grace gifts. We studied that a few weeks ago. 
their graces that are laid upon you. They don't come because you're so special. Y'all, you are very special. But that's not why God gifted you. God gifted you because you're his children. You're his creation. He designed you to be more than you can just be on your own. To release his life and his power and, and his Holy Spirit into this earth, into your world, into the world around you. And the way that I receive from those gifts is I don't put faith in you. I put faith in God to draw through that gift that's in you. Faith always goes toward God, all right? The way you can minister, and I, can minister in whatever type of capacity God might call you to be and to do, the way we do it, we have to trust God. We have to trust God that, yes, I will. You know, you can feel like, I'm not that good at talking to people, but you know what? God has released me into the world to bring people to Christ and make disciples. So you know what? I will have, I will trust God to bring the right words, to bring the right gifts, to bring the spiritual gifts, to bring the supernatural, to bring healing through my hands, not because I'm so special, not because I do everything perfectly, not because I never make mistakes, not because I've had such great schooling, not because any of that, but I trust him because it's his design. He has designed me to be a place where his kingdom is released into the earth for other people. How do we flow in that? We trust God. We put faith in God. We put faith in God. Faith draws upon this provision that's in the unseen realm. Let me, let me back up. There's one other thing comes up. We're talking about having faith toward God. We might be believing God. This is something where, you know, our language doesn't always do the best job of communicating things, but it's the language we have. So we use it. We seek for better ways to say things, but we often say, I'm believing God for, I'm believing God for healing. I'm believing God for my marriage. I'm believing God for a better job. I'm believing God over my ministry, whatever it might be. That's fine. We can be, we can be putting faith into grace for something specific, but that faith is toward God. We're always trusting God for whatever it is. Sometimes we kind of get focused on the answer, the result. We want to believe for this. And we don't, I'm not, we don't have a better way to say that to one another that I know of. So that's fine. Just always remember when we're praying, we're not, don't let yourself just get focused on if, if we release enough faith, then this thing will come. It's I don't, I don't know any better way to say this, but there's a division there. There's a place, and I've done it many times, where I get focused on the result. And as soon as I get focused on the result, it's like my faith moves from God to that result or maybe to some other source for that result or something. And, and I many times I get back in God's presence and he'll reorient it for me back to him. That you know what? I am asking for this result. It's one of your promises. I believe it's your will. I'm asking for this result. 
But you know what? No matter what, you are the same. No matter what, your provision will be full. You might have a different way of doing this than I think we're supposed to do. I'm not here to coerce God. I'm just here to plug in to God. And he can straighten out. I love one thing Bill Johnson says a lot is he'll translate our prayers. You know, we don't all pray perfectly. We, you know, we've learned a lot of things about prayer. We've learned to pray the word of God because it is his will. You know, it's a powerful way to pray. We pray in the spirit. We pray, but, but many times we'll, we'll ask something. We'll, we'll declare something. It's not quite right. But God looks at the heart. And I'm not saying be sloppy in prayer. I'm just saying I love the fact that because of his grace toward us, God will oftentimes, he knows your heart. And, and if he needs to, he'll translate your prayer. And uh, so anyway, uh, next point, faith draws upon the provision that's held in the unseen realm to bring it in to the visible realm. It all comes through grace. Let's look at, uh, look with me if you would over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, you can look at the screen or you can uh, go to your Bible there. This is the new King James version that I have up here. This is another one of those verses that there are great verses all around it. And sometimes I think we can sort of skip this one. Maybe that's just me. But uh, Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. All right, so it says faith we by faith we understand that the worlds that word worlds speaks of everything material all of the universe everything that there is that's material it also speaks of the ages of time it speaks of the universe not only being created but being set in order and and time being applied to that some things um well, we know that the universe is still expanding. We know that stars are still blowing up and creating new places. We know that all this is going on. There's, there's an element of time frame to everything that God does. God doesn't live in time, but we do. And, and this word world speaks of all of that. So I think the Amplified says, you know, the worlds were created. They're guided and propelled. They're set in order. It's, it's all of that together. And it, but it says... We understand they were framed. That means, if you think of framing a house, that means they were built. They were put in order. They were, they were put together, right? By the word of God. So God spoke his word. And whenever God speaks his word, he speaks his word with faith in himself. God's totally confident in bringing his word to pass. He never throws it out there to see if it's going to work, okay? So that the things which are seen, okay, all the visible stuff, all the material stuff, all the physical stuff. It was not made, those were not made of things which are visible. What does that mean? That means everything that's visible to us now, that's, and we know that if we can see it, it's temporary. There's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. All right? And Jesus said, all this stuff will pass away. My word will never pass away, all right? So the word's superior to whatever we see, whatever we feel. That's a, good, that's a good thought right there about our prayers, about how we form our life, 
about what we depend on. The word is superior to everything in this physical realm. All right, so we want to go to the word, not depend on physical things. The word is superior. So everything came as God spoke. We see this in Genesis chapter 1, and John mentions it in his gospel. As, as the word went forth, all of this stuff was formed, but it was formed from that invisible realm. It came out of the spiritual realm. Science is catching up with this, and I don't know enough about this to talk to you about it, but I've seen, thing. if you want more information, uh, uh, talk to Perry after church. But I, I've seen reference to this. There are aspects of science that are looking and they're saying, you know what? All this material stuff is not actually material. It's all energy. It's all energy vibrating at a different rate than other energy. And I, and I don't know if that's exactly right, but science is getting the idea that, you know what? All this visible stuff, it's only visible because it's visible. It could just as easily be a different form of energy and then could be moved, it could be reshaped, it could be etc. So that's where they're working. We know there's a spiritual realm. And that may be very that may be very true, very close to the, I don't know how the word of God formed all this stuff. I don't know all that. I know the word of God can supersede all this stuff, you know. Uh, God's word, God's anointing can take sickness out of a body. It can remove cancer. It can grow a limb. It can, you know, it can, it can produce just the way it, that it did here. But the point is, there is a realm we can't see, the spirit realm, and grace is a flow of provision from that realm. And our faith taps into that realm and brings what's actually available in that realm into this realm and makes it manifest. The word uses the word manifest. The, the uh, gifts of the spirit flow. Miracles happen. Things happen. Things are manifested here. And that all happens because God releases it through grace and we connect to it by faith. All right, you with me so far? All right. So whatever we need today is available through what? God's word, the promises of God. It's provided by grace. Faith empowers us. In fact, oh, let me read this to you. Hebrews 11.3, that same verse from the Passion Translation. I love this. It says, I love this. It says, faith empowers us to see. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. One of the things faith does, and there are other places that tell us this, it opens our spiritual eyes. We can see things by faith that don't exist yet in this realm, that need to be changed in this realm. By faith, we see. It empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke, get this, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Isn't that awesome? He spoke and the spiritual, the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. So whatever we need today, it's in that invisible realm. It comes through the promises of God that are given by grace and it is faith that connects to all that. Man, that's a, that's a lot to chew on right there. So we looked at this verse last week. I just before we got one more passage we need to get to after this this morning. I just want to lay this foundation again and remind you, Romans 10, 17. Because we talked about, uh, last week we were talking about the fact that there is one thing that is required to 
receive from God's grace, and that is faith. Faith is the plug-in. Faith is the pump handle. Faith is how we plug in. But sometimes we get burdened by that. We, we, we figure out that, you know, I'm not, I don't feel a lot of faith. I have doubts in this area. And, and we can, we, we said last week, I think we said it like this, that one thing is needed to receive from the grace of God, and that is faith. But faith is not, and we should not think of it as a commodity. We have to have enough of it to exchange that faith for something from God. Instead, faith is a foundational element of good relationship. It's a foundational element of good friendship, of good uh, any kind of relationship. There has to be faith. It's not a commodity. When we start thinking, okay, I, I have to work up enough faith, to, you know, it's like, it's like we, you know, we, ha- we think of faith as some bank account and I got to have enough in that account before I can buy this from God. That's not how it works. Faith is, Jesus said, with simple childlike faith, we can receive all things. All right. And so, uh, and Jesus did say we can have strong faith or weak faith. We can have big faith or little faith. He didn't mean you got to have big faith to get a big thing. Because then, then we start to, we talked about this last week. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. We talked about what is a big miracle and what's a little miracle, you know? I mean, a miracle is a miracle. And they're all big from my perspective. They're all big from a child's perspective. It's, Jesus talked about having faith like a grain of mustard seed. It's just pure. It's, it's not huge, but it's pure and it's full of life. And, and so God actually, this verse tells us, God gives us faith. God actually gives us faith. Faith is generated. We talked about that last week. It's, it's like a, a dynamo. It's just generated within the process of intimacy with God, of hearing him speak to us, of having his word come alive in us. That's where faith is stimulated. So this verse says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by, or we could say hearing comes by, the word of God. So we broke this down. This term comes by, faith comes by hearing. It comes from this little tiny word, ek, E-K, all right? That word where it says in our in this translation, it says faith comes by. That word speaks of one thing being carried by or carried within another thing, all right? One thing being carried within another thing. So it's saying within this place of hearing, all right, that hearing, that intimacy with God, that conversation with the Lord around his word and and who he is, within that, that carries faith, all right? That, That word means to be carried within something or it means that one thing is the source of another thing, the source of another thing. So we can think about Okay, when, when a woman is pregnant, she's carrying a life within her, right? We can think about fruit that's born on a tree, and within that fruit, there are seeds that carry life within them. That fruit is carrying something that can be released as life. The other example I gave you last week was the Trojan horse. You know, it came in, it just, it was, it was this big horse, but it carried 
something within it. It released something. So it's saying that within this thing of hearing, which is that term hearing means the act of listening. It also means the ability to hear. So as we're spending time with God and his word, our ability to hear him gets better. It also means the faculty that enables one to hear. So in this process, this hearing is, is an active listening to the Lord. It is the, the word translated word here. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word is that word rhema. It's an intimate, personal word from God or a personal conversation with God. It's not just big Bible knowledge. Big Bible knowledge is great. Overview is great. Knowing principles is great. But that's not where faith comes from. Faith comes from God releasing the smallest word or the biggest word into your heart. From him, when we're, we're reading our Bibles and that morning, boy, that day, this verse stands out to me. It comes alive to me. Karen said the other day, she said, you know, where, where that, that rhema word, those are the verses that you read and you can't wait to tell somebody what you read. That's a rhema word. That's a word that just came alive to you. It's the word that you got to highlight. You know, it's, it's those words. And what's so amazing about God's word, and this is, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time now, and the same words I've been reading and praying over and stuff for decades, at least two and a half decades now, um, <laughs> has, has uh, that same word at a different time in your life, God will bring that same verse back. And sometimes it'll reveal the same thing to you. And God will encourage you in the same thing he said to you last time. Many times it'll be something else. It'll address a different. God's word is alive. It's alive. It will, it will speak to you. And, the, and the, it's in that place. It's in that whole process that faith comes that our ability to hear is strengthened. And then it talks about the faculty that enables one to hear. Well, in the physical sense, that's our ears. You know, it, it, you know, we see Jesus open physical ears. All right? But we also have spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. And so it's in that place that all this takes place. Our spiritual eyes get open. We see something that is totally separate and way above what's going on on this earth. And it's in that place, that's where faith comes, comes from. When we converse with the Lord, our hunger to converse with him more grows. So, so what's, the, what's kind of the point of this is that at any time that we feel uh, that we have doubts, and we all do, here's another thing. And man, I can't get way off into this today, but, but as we read through our Bibles, Faith can exist in the heart and at the same time, doubts can exist in the mind, okay? So you can have, you can have an absolute, when you stop and you shut your brain up for a minute that's asking all the questions and you get with the Lord and you look at him and you look to his, you can, you can sense in your heart that there's this settled confidence that what God has said will come to pass. 
and my brain can still be asking the questions. Now, I want to get to where my brain's not asking those questions, where my thoughts are in line with what his words are. That's where I want to get to. But I just want you to know, just because a doubt rises up, don't start kicking yourself. Don't ever start kicking yourself, even if you're in a place of doubt. Turn over with me. We're going to wrap this up. Turn over with me to Mark chapter 9. I'm actually going to back up uh, quite a ways from what I had on your screen there. Mark chapter 9. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up. We're going to look at this. Uh, the point of what I'm about to talk to you about is that when we have doubt, a lot of times our tendency then is to, we think God's going to be disappointed with us because we have doubt. So we kind of withdraw from God in our doubt and try to work up faith, okay? Doesn't work because faith comes through intimacy with God. We can't work up an emotion that we might call faith and we try and hold it there and we try and hold it there and we try to think all this, well, we're in our own, we're doing our own thing there. We need to always come to God. If we lack faith, come to God. That's what the disciples did. That's what this man did. When we lack faith, we come to God because we know that's where it comes from. He's on your side. He wants to fill you with faith so that you can access his grace. He wants you to access his grace. He wants you to receive. Why do we think he did all this? You know, he did all this so that we can receive, so that we can have the abundant life that he came to give us. So, so we always want to be sure that we recognize that when in doubt, go to God, okay? When in sin, go to God, not away from him. That's actually, that thing of when there's doubt, we feel like we can't come to God if we have doubt. That's because we have a commodity mentality. We think faith is a commodity that we have to save up enough of and then we can go to God. We've got to get on the inside of us that, no, I go to God to have faith strengthened so that I can plug in to that grace, okay? So let's start. I'm going to back all the way up here um, to verse 14. We know that Jesus is coming down uh, from the mountain here. And it says, when he came to the disciples, this is verse 14. Let's see, what am I reading from? New King James. Um, what I have up there for you, Amplified? I think I'll stick with this. Maybe I'll go to NIV. What do you guys think? What, you know, what? NIV, okay, there we go. They're all good. All right, so verse 14, uh, Mark 9, 14. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. And as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd, I think he asked his disciples that, but a man in the crowd uh, answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Um, it, whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And Jesus said, O oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the Spirit saw Jesus, 
It immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. I want you to notice Jesus' response here because the devil loves to put on a big show to try and intimidate you. Here's this guy coming, bringing this boy. You can imagine how this father felt. He's been this way since childhood. And he brings this young man to Jesus to get him free. There's, he has hope probably for the first time in ages that here's somebody that can deal with this. And this particular malady was caused by a demonic spirit. Not all maladies are caused by a demonic spirit, but some are. And of course, Jesus recognized that and knows, and you can recognize that and know through the discerning of spirits. But he, he brings this, this guy to Jesus, and as soon as the spirit sees Jesus, it puts on this big show. Why? To intimidate people and get them to back down, to look at this and say, man, I, you know, this is something we can't handle. Of course, it isn't going to work with Jesus. It, you know, worked with others, but it isn't going to... You know, and I, I don't, it's just the devil is not that smart. Zach, just walk in. Glad you're here, bud. Glad you're here. We were going to celebrate anyway, whether you were here or not. So anyway, so let me get back to this. So, so he, he throws this kid down and all this stuff goes on. And, you know, we've seen things like that. And man, you just got to stand there and know Jesus is more than able to take care of this. The devil overplays his hand a lot. It's one of the ways we know when it is the devil, not just a natural circumstance, because he'll overdo it almost every time to the point where it's like, oh, I know who you are, you know, and then we take authority over him. Anyway, Jesus, so here's Jesus. Here's this kid rolling around on the ground, foaming at the mouth. Other, other uh, gospel writers say, that, you know, the father said, he's th throwing him into the water like this. He's throwing him into fire like this. I mean, it's a serious deal. And, and Jesus, I, you know, my response would be, you know, immediately, come out of him in the name of Jesus. I jump on, Jesus just stays so cool in these things. And so he asks the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Here's the kid rolling around on the ground. Do something to, you know, how long has he been like this? You know, he's so not worried about taking care of this. And the father says from childhood, it is often, oh, here it is, throwing him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, Everything is possible to him who believes. Now, you got to think about it. The father brought the kid to Jesus. So he obviously had some confidence that Jesus could do this. But that's what he says. You know, our words, that's what was in his heart. If you can do anything. And, and Jesus says, if you can, everything is possible to him who believes. That's a huge statement right there. Everything is possible to him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And, and really the way the language works here is he says, I do have, uh, it's the Greek word pastuo, it's actually a verb about faith. It's, it's, it's an action that comes out of faith. And he says, I, I do have this, I'm, I'm standing on this belief, I, and, I, and I see it, and this may just be me, but you know, he brought the kid to Jesus. You know, he, he acted on what he believed, and he says, I do have that. And then what he says there is, you know, help me get rid of my, my doubts. So he's having both, he's having this, 
I'm taking my boy to Jesus because Jesus can set him free and things are running through his head that doubt that, okay? And, but what he asks is, he doesn't say, okay, let me go off and get rid of my doubts and then I'll come back, Jesus. And Jesus didn't say, go get rid of all your doubts and then come back. Jesus just asks him a question that helps him to realize what's going on on the inside of him. And then he says, help my unbelief. He came to Jesus to increase in faith. And that's a huge lesson for us. You know, we get feeling, again, if you have that commodity mentality, you think, oh, I don't have enough faith. Jesus won't talk to me yet. No, go to Jesus. The disciples did the same thing in a couple of different places where they were having doubts. They went to Jesus. And in this story, later on, we're not going to read that far, but they came to Jesus and said, why couldn't we cast it out? And he said, it's because of your unbelief. He talked to him about prayer and fasting being a way to get rid of the unbelief. But he says, because of your unbelief. And, that, and there it meant the, the smallness of your, your faith. You're not at a level to deal with this thing. Again, not a commodity, but still we've got to have confidence in Jesus. So when Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit you deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. And then it says, after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And in this uh, Mark's uh, gospel is always uh, kind of abbreviated. He said this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. But actually, he also mentioned their unbelief there. So the point is that, and we'll end with that, when we're experiencing doubt, and all of us do, God is still on your side. God wants to, and, and, and it isn't just, okay, I'm having doubt, now I'll go to God. It's as we have, remember that word hearing back there in Romans 10, 17, that word hearing is in the present continual tense. It means we're just always hearing. We're just always in, con in uh, conversation with him. And, and in that place, faith is just generated on the inside of us. We can be people of, of strong faith. It doesn't mean... Sometimes we get such weird religious ideas. It doesn't mean that we're just drifting around in a trance. It doesn't mean that we never have a doubt. Start playing those games and you get yourself in trouble. You know, if you start playing the game with anybody in your life, maybe you're discipling somebody. Maybe you're, don't act like you're always perfect. Teach them how to go to God when you are in sin, when you are lacking faith, when you have blown it, teach them how to repent, teach them how to go to God, teach them. We are all human in this thing. And you know what? The Lord knows you're human. He knew when he set this whole thing up that he was going to be working with a bunch of imperfect people and he loves to do it. So we can always come boldly to his throne of grace and receive exactly what we need, well-timed help, exactly when we need it. All right, let's stand up and pray this morning. Thank you, Father. Lord, I, I just want to thank you again this morning for your graciousness, for your mercy that's new every morning toward us, for the empowering that you have, you continually send our way through grace. Lord, for the enabling to rise above, Lord, anything that would try to hold us down and hold us back. 
I thank you for the wisdom that you give so freely when we just ask. I thank you, Father, that you have set this whole thing up for us to have a, a genuine, very real, intimate, personal relationship with you. And I thank you that your word is so alive. And that, Lord, as we just continue to turn to you, you bring us the answers. You build us up. You cause us to arise. Lord, you, God, you, God, bring us all that we need. And it's not just for us. We know that, Lord. It's not just for us. It's to give away to others. So, Lord, this morning we ask and we trust that as we go out into our individual worlds this week, in this community, in this valley, as we go out to love our valley, Lord, we believe you bring people into our lives that need what you are bringing through us. And we open our hearts to be used of you, to lead people to you, to get them filled with the Holy Spirit, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, to bring a word of wisdom to somebody. Lord, whatever you want to do, we are your church. We are your people. And we go in, we go, we go out, Lord, as lights into dark places in this world, and we expect light to shine. We thank you for it. We give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. All right, amen. Hope you got something out of that. All right, if you need prayer this morning, we would love to pray for you, for anything that you might need this morning. And uh, beyond that, just hope everybody will stay and enjoy yourself and connect make friends and eat cake and ice cream and congratulate Zach on his graduation. All right. Let's say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Go out and be the church. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.